Okay, this morning we're going to talk about Christmas light. Christmas light. At Christmas time, we see beautiful light displays like no other time of the year. Colorful, sparkling lights are depicted in movies. Neighborhoods have competitions in which bigger and more impressive light displays result in awards and bestow bragging rights. Indoors and out, trees are decorated with lights. Often a star or an angel is placed atop the majestic tower. As those in the family of God, we understand the symbolism behind these ornate displays. Indeed, the Bible is filled with references to light, from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis 1, 3, and 4 record the origin of light at the beginning of creation when God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. This separation of light from darkness represents and reflects a profound truth about the world. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. Darkness is, by definition, the absence of light. It's kind of true to say that darkness doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It is the absence of something. Because light is from God, it's no wonder that darkness is also defined as wickedness or evil. In Exodus 10, 21-23, we find this account. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand toward the sky, so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. So Moses reached out with his hand toward the sky, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the sons of Israel had light in their dwellings. The Bible often uses Egypt as a metaphor for evil. Reminding ourselves of this symbolism can help us see the importance of a detail in this passage. Right at the end we read that God's people had light in their dwellings. This blessing foreshadows the state of all who by the grace of God have been placed into Christ through faith in Him. As with so much truth the Bible communicates, this truth is re revealed in increasingly detailed ways as we progress through the Bible text. Once the Israelites had been freed from enslavement in Egypt, we find another reference to light as it pertains to the people of God. Exodus 13, 21 and 22 tell us that the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. 
He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the presence of the people. Light from God led the Israelites as they passed through the valley of the shadow of death. Consequently, even in the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, they were able to continue their journey without fear, as David understood in Psalm 27.1, where he asked, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom should I dread? Light illuminates and makes visible everything hidden by darkness in its absence. You can see that in Ephesians 5.13. When we read or hear something that improves our understanding, we often say it sheds light on the subject. The illumination, this illumination of an idea is exactly the role Father gave to his prophets. They illuminated or shed light upon the Savior God had promised. Isaiah 9, 2 and 6 provide a great example. There we find the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. And then in 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This passage is read often during the Christmas season because from this side of the cross, we can see how the beautiful promise it contains was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ever since sin and the death it brings entered the world through Adam, as we read in Romans 5.12, this land has been dark. We were all born into the valley of the shadow of death. We needed light and we needed peace with God which brings life. The prophet Isaiah goes on in Isaiah 42, 6 and 7 to further illuminate the reason this light will be given. It says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, and to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Father provided light to the Israelites when great darkness befell Egypt. He provided a pillar of fire to give them light in the darkness and lead them on their journey to the promised land. Father freed them from the dark dungeon of bondage in Egypt. 
And now we are told more about the light that Father will send. The light of the world will be the covenant of God. The light will open the eyes of the blind and it will set the captives free from the prison of sin and death. And then to clarify the full intent of Father's plans, Isaiah 49.6 tells us, he says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to rise up, raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the protected ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Do you see that? It's not just going to be for the Jewish people, the Hebrews, the nation of Israel, the Israelites. No, it's going to be reaching to the end of the earth. Everyone is included. Indeed, the light that Father will provide is far too glorious to be limited in scope to just the Israelites. That would be like the sun illuminating only the state of Georgia out of the entire world. The sun is far too glorious for that. This light from God is far more glorious than even the sun. This light will illuminate, free, and lead all the nations of the world. Isaiah points us in this direction in 60 and 19, which says, No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor will the moon give you light for brightness, but you will have the Lord as an everlasting light and your God as your glory. John, has shown, uh, John was shown the fulfillment of this prophecy. He recorded what he saw in Revelation 21-23, saying, And the city... has no need of the sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. Then again in Revelation 22.5 he wrote, And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp or the light of a sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. This gives us just the tiniest glimpse of the glory and the beauty of the light God has sent to us. That light is the Lord Jesus Christ and this is the reason we celebrate His birth. As glorious as this is, we still live physically on the earth amidst the darkness and slavery that characterize the kingdom of this world and the God of this world. Micah 7.8 shines hope on our discomfort, saying, Do not rejoice over me, enemy of mine. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I live in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. One day long ago, 
the Israelites were governed by a large and formidable empire centered in Rome. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each in his own city. Now Joseph went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the, angel had, when the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. On this night, in this little town, with an announcement to a few local shepherds, the light Father had promised since creation came to earth as a tiny baby dependent on others for his every need. That God revealed himself in this humble way speaks volumes. He could have rolled the whole earth out flat, stopped time, focused the attention of every individual upon the skies and split them open with great fanfare and angelic trumpets. Instead, he did what reflects his sterling character. He came gently with meekness and lowliness of heart. The Apostle John knew the light personally. And he had this to say in John 1, 4 through 9. In him was life. And the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. 
a man came, one sent from God, and his name was John. This is John the Baptist now. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. This was the true light that coming into the world enlightens every person. The Lord Jesus enlightens every person. He said of himself, I have come as light into the world, so that no one who believes in me will remain in darkness. John 12, 46. Trusting God by faith in Jesus Christ is a choice. Father does not force himself upon anyone against their will. Such a thing is foreign to him because he is love and love cannot be given or received by force. The apostle spoke about this. The apostle Paul spoke about this in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6. He wrote, And even if our gospel is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants on account of Jesus." For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The enemy blinds the minds so that people will not see. They choose not to see. That's rebellion. This is the state of those who would mock Christians, who would mock the Lord Jesus Christ. The evil one binds and enslaves them just as Pharaoh in Egypt typified in centuries past. The result is a stubborn refusal to see the light and hear the truth and know the glory of the Lord Jesus who is the very image of God. This bondage and darkness characterized each of us at one time. Ephesians 5, 8, and 9 tells us, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This fruit is from God. It grows in the light of the Lord Jesus. And He is at work in us, giving us both the desire and the ability to reflect His light and bear His fruit. That's why we find ourselves drawn to putting away sin and fleshliness and eager 
to conduct ourselves in upright and godly ways. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 14 and 15 guides us in this direction. Not out of compulsion, but instead out of compassion and love. It says, do all things without complaining or arguments so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. <clears throat> you can see how this ties back to our discussion about the searchlight from earlier this morning, the lighthouse. This is not speaking of proving anything to God or even proving anything to ourselves. Rather, when those blinded and enslaved by the enemy see us, they see the light who lives in us. And the glory of God is revealed to them. In this way, light is shined on them so that they can see the truth in their bondage. The love of God is compassionately extended to them and not forced upon them. In 1 John 5, I'm sorry, in 1 John 1, 5 through 7, the apostle expounds on this, saying, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. Jesus is the light of the world. When we see the lights at this time of year, let's be reminded of the one true light. As James says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. When he turns, there's no shadow, because he is light. The Lord Jesus Christ is the good and perfect gift of God to each of us. There is nothing more worthy of being celebrated than Him. Merry Christmas. May your Christmas season be characterized by love, joy, and peace with God and with one another. Father, we thank You for the light we thank you for the message that we've seen here from Scripture today about light. 
That, Father, it's not about us trying harder to look good. That's the way we whitewash tombs that are full of dead man's bones. Instead, it's about trusting and allowing your light to shine forth and knowing that when it does, the world sees it. They know. Oh, Father, we thank you that you said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. And indeed, Jesus Christ was lifted up from the earth on the cross. And now we trust that you are drawing all people to yourself. We thank you that we get to participate in that by simply knowing who we are in you. Trusting you in us to be shining forth so that your glory is seen by those around us, even when we're not trying to do it, maybe especially when we're not trying to do it. Father, we thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that you didn't come to earth with big fanfare, with some kind of crazy miraculous stuff that that showed showed off glory to everybody on the earth, but that you did it through a small baby dependent upon your own creatures, for its existence. We thank you that you did it quietly to common shepherds in the field. We thank you, Father, that that you came humbly with meekness. No God does this, but the one true God. Father, we thank you that in this way you have shown your great love to the world. That anybody, everybody who believes you will not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, Father, we thank you too that when you give us eternal life, it's not temporary life that's going to disappear. You've said nothing can separate us from your love. You've said that you would lose none of us. You've said no one can snatch us out of your hand. You've said we are hidden with you, with Christ in you. These things are too wonderful for us. And we just hang our hat on them and go about our lives knowing that because you said so, it is the truth. Because you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. You are the light that illuminates all of that. We pray these things in Jesus' incredible name. We we lift him up and honor him this morning as we celebrate his birth. We thank you, Father, that it's okay for us to be merry, that we can celebrate. And there is nothing more worthy of celebration than Jesus Christ, our lovely Lord. Remind us with every twinkle of every light just how magnificent you are. We pray these things in his name. Amen.